You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And together, we're sluts and scholars. Every Thursday, we drop a new episode and probably your pants. Our guests range from Nina Hartley to exes and Dita Von Teese to sexual trauma therapists. So join us weekly to talk smart and fuck smarter. So you've listened to my show. You've gotten to know the people behind the camera and in front of the camera. And you're thinking to yourself, I really want to be able to watch porn in an ethical way. I want to pay for my porn, but I don't want to join just one website where I can only get one brand's type of content or one porn star's type of content. I want to be able to access it all. This is why you should go to hotmovies.com because Hot Movies has everything. They have scenes from all of the biggest porn companies, all of your favorite porn stars. They basically have everything. And if you use code HOLLY, you can get your first 20 minutes for free. So what have you got to lose? Support this industry and also get access to all of the hottest, latest releases at hotmovies.com. And do not forget to use my code HOLLY for 20 minutes free. Today in the studio, we have London River. London is a porn star who started off her career doing some pretty hardcore BDSM scenes. You're going to like, you're going to cringe when you hear the details of some of the scenes that she did. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is because I don't want to give it away. But trust me, it's probably something that you've never heard of before. And it even made me cringe. And it takes a lot to shock me these days. So you definitely don't want to miss this episode. So let's welcome London River to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Holly Randall Unfiltered. Today, I have London River in the studio. Hello, London. How are you? I'm amazing. You are amazing. (laughs) You are so amazing. I wasn't meaning like I'm amazing in a narcissistic way. Like I feel amazing because I, you know, made it here. (laughs) (laughs) Where did you come from? Encino, oh, but so, like, so it's not that bad. But like, it got bad. it got actually when it got dodgy was when I was trying to find a place to park because I don't read signs mm. like an adult should. So right. I was like, so I pulled in too early in the parking garage and then ended up like with all of the resident only parking and no way to go up because there's like that earlier turn in and I felt really stupid and that's why I was running like five minutes late. Oh, yeah. you're fine. <laughs> well, it gave me opportunity to like wolf down my Trader Joe's salad. So I was actually happy that you were not. Like, Great. Well, I got lost for time. you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was super <laughs> kind of you. <laughs> so, London, um, you've been in porn for about five years, but you said that three and a half of those years you did nothing but bondage porn. Mm-hmm. And you've only kind of recently started to do what I guess we would call more mainstream porn. Right. So, um, what kind of, when you say you did bondage porn, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? I mean, most of it was for like, uh, most of it was for one company. It was um, insects, and it's like really like extreme bondage and mm-hmm. and and 
corporal. I had an ex-boyfriend and, who was like obsessed with that website. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. it's um it's a it's a, it's a company that's known to put out some kind of intense things mm-hmm. and um and um put a lot of effort into production and stuff like that. So um. So I don't really know why I decided that's where I was going to like jump because I'm not a I wasn't a bondage person like I hadn't done any bondage in my personal life before I started working for them. Interesting. And I wanted to, and so I was on like um, a website called like FetLife. It's mm-hmm. like and and I was and people would like send me messages and be like, I just think you're so beautiful and I want to tie you up and blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, but you might be a serial killer. Yeah. Uh, so. so for those of you who don't know, FetLife is like a networking site for people who are into the fetish mm-hmm. in, in the fetish community. Okay, so go on. Yeah. So so instead of meeting strangers on FetLife, I decided to ask to be a model for insects and I mm-hmm. and that's I guess how I got my start. I don't know. So were you like intrigued by the idea of doing bondage and you thought that maybe like doing it on camera was kind of like a safe way to explore that? Or what was your thinking? Um, yeah, that's exactly what my thinking was. And, and I mean, the nice thing is it's not like I'm entering into a relationship with somebody who's ever going to call me. Mm. Uh, that sounds shitty. But then, so I'm like, I get to do this thing that I want to experience. Yeah. See if I like it, which I thought I would. I was right. like, because you, usually when you have enough of an interest in something, it's because you're going to like it. Right. But like, if I didn't enjoy myself, I was like, I can just not do this again. Right. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, you don't have to worry about like someone calling you afterwards. And being like, hey, why don't you like me? Do you yeah. like the way I spanked you or whatever? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know what that All conversation those sounds like. But, complicated yeah. like human emotions and like that. I get it. You wanted to just experience the sex side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Understood. Exactly. And so what was your first scene like? Um, it was a... It was a rope bondage scene for, um, uh, for like, they have multiple sites, and one of their sites is hard tied. It was the rope bondage scene. Um, and I didn't realize how, like, I'm actually physically pretty flexible, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how valuable that was, but it was just gold for them because I'm sitting there and they're tying me up with my feet, like, locked behind my head and, yeah. and shit like that. And, um, and it was a really intense scene, but I mean, every, everyone, I think when you, everyone, was so friendly. Mm-hmm. And I will say that like even going into more more mainstream porn or whatever, when you get like the bond like companies like Insects and Kink and you show up on their sets, you're you're almost treated like a princess in a way that no other company will ever treat you. Like mm-hmm. there's somebody following you around with a robe and a bottle of water being like, "Hey, do you need anything? Like, how are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Because when you're doing horrible horrible things to people, you have to be really <laughs> nice to them. Like you- <laughs> that is 100% the quote that I am using for this interview. When you do horrible things to people, you have to be nice. Okay, got it. <laughs> that is great. Um I actually was just talking – I just had Goth Charlotte on and uh, we were talking about that as well, how in productions where there's some like 
acknowledged very hardcore scenarios, especially when it comes to fetish and bondage, mm-hmm. um, how the communication is really important and really respected and how boundaries are really respected and right. consent is something that's a huge, huge topic of conversation. So is that what you experienced? Yeah, that's that's always been my experience where, you know, there's, I mean, you go through checklists of activities and you have safe words and there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot more checking in and, and I think for it, it's not that and because bondage. I don't think bondage scenes are better than non bondage scenes or anything like that when it comes to consent. But because the person can't physically get up and walk away, right? It be, it's almost more important to make sure and like ask and make sure you're con- getting active consent the whole time. Right. And so you get and and it's a very safe feeling because people are like, "Hey, how are you doing? You're still okay? You're still doing good? You're yeah. still having fun?" <laughs> yeah. And and um yeah, so there's a lot more opportunities to just like speak up and say something. But right. but again, it's because you can't leave. Yes. Cuz any other scene like if if shit's really not going well, you can be like, "And I'm done here." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you literally cannot walk away yeah. in those scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any one scene that you did in you know those uh, three and a half years that really stands out to you as like a pretty extreme experience, either in a good way or a bad way? Um, you know, at at this point, there's there's a difference um, depending on what company I'm working with, but like with with insects in particular, I. Like I kind of before I go to work with them because because I worked for them as an employee for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, be, like I was I was a PA and I did all of their talent booking and everything. And then okay. I'm off. From so time you to weren't time. so you weren't just a model there. No, I started as just a model, and I was like, I really like you people, and yeah. I think I'm going to move in. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what happened. Um, but so at this point, like when I'm booked for something, because I still work. For with them quite a bit, I come up with several ideas that I want to do mm-hmm. or that I want to try. And then we kind of collaborate on how, how to make those things happen. Mm-hmm. So my most intense scenes are always with them. And um, we did a scene, I think, I think that it just like visually the most intense thing as I was wearing um, these whiteout contacts so I couldn't see anything. It just makes the room, it just mm-hmm. makes everything completely white. And um, I did not know that those existed. Oh yeah, they're really they're really fun. It's like having a blindfold that you isn't, can't take yeah. off. Wow, <laughs> that's really interesting. It's really fun. Um, it's a lot of teamwork to get them in. Like people are like, "Oh man, they put them in you," and I'm like, "Well, we we put them in me because because yeah. I had to like hold my eye open and I'm I freak out about my eyes, so I'm sitting there screaming because I'm assuming I, yeah. that you don't wear contacts normally. No, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so so it was it was a process getting them in, but. I couldn't see anything. And then um, we used medical, like, sutures mm-hmm. and sutured my, like, labia closed. And then... Okay, wait. Explain that to me. Explain okay. to me how that happened. So... I thought suturing was burning. No, suturing is, um, is like the needle and thread. Oh, wait. So they tie... They, they... Wait. Right. They sewed your <laughs> vagina closed? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, okay. yeah, and then and then took like an anal toy and like um it, it, like a, like an enjoy so like the kind of like hook shaped uh-huh. anal toy and put it in my ass and then um basically like you know stimulated my G spot through my ass so that I squirted through the sutures uh-huh. 
So that was probably the most like visually intense thing I've done. For Sorry, sure. I'm like can't get past that. So did that did that hurt? Yeah, it was. That was it. Was excruciating. It was really, really, really painful. Wow. Yes. But was there a part of you that enjoyed the pain then, or do you enjoy pain? I enjoy pain. Okay. Um. And and for that, I don't know that. Like that. Sometimes in the moment, the pain isn't a turn on. Like for that, it's like. It really was just painful, mm-hmm. but it's it's um, but like later I'll look back on it, or when something sexual is happening afterward, like mm-hmm. you know, then you know I have G spot stimulation going mm-hmm. on and stuff like that, and it kind of almost adds to the sexual experience. But in the moment that I'm receiving pain and nothing but pain, I'm not necessarily turned on. Yeah, were you? Was there any point during that suturing that you were like, "This is not a good idea"? Maybe why? Like, why am I doing this? Or were you yeah. like, determined <laughs> to go through with it? I was determined to go through with it, but I also like I I, re- I was sitting there, um, and and like they keep their cameras rolling basically consistently throughout. So there's like weird like behind the scenes footage sitting around somewhere of me sitting there in bondage being like, wait, 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 wait. And then like Daniel is standing there with the suture. He's like, okay, I can wait. He's like, just tell me when you're ready. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And then like, I can feel him getting closer to me. I'm like, no, no, wait, wait. And I was like, you guys, this is stupid. This is really stupid. This is horrible. This is stupid. Why are we doing this? And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do it. He's like, are you sure you want to? And I'm like, yes, I do. And then I'm like, no, wait, because yeah, basically every, every scene I do with insects, at this point is like an episode of Jackass. <laughs> it's like, why would you do that to yourself? And I'm like, I have no idea. I thought it would be interesting. <laughs> so was it your idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was okay. my idea. I'm actually like, this is this is pe- this is bothering me now because now, what is the word when you burn a wound closed? Cauterize. Cauterize. Thank you. Okay, because I'm sitting here, I'm like, it's not suturing. You're right, it's not suturing. But there's another word for it. Sorry, that was leave like- it to me. If you have a morbid question, I probably have the answer. <laughs> 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 Cauterize. <laughs> wow, that is that is crazy. Yeah, I I can't say that I have ever known anybody to. I've ever heard of anybody ever doing that kind of that kind of scene. No. Yeah. That must make everything else like did you come into mainstream porn and you're like, dude, this is a fucking walk in the park. <laughs> Some, well Wow, I'm sweating. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm making an announcement about it just in case anyone notices. Um but it, kind of, but like mainstream porn it was difficult for me to start. Um, in a different way, like my first scene or my first few scenes, like I didn't know what to do with my hands. Uh, yeah, that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. When I shoot new girls, that's a big problem. And, and that's one thing I usually coach them the most on. Yeah. And people, and people like assumed that I knew what was going on. Cause they're like, well, she's done, she's done BDSM porn yeah, for your hands. Like, have been tied like, the whole yeah, time. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all I have like is like the only thing like open for use is like my holes. I don't have, I can't. I'm so, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I don't have to, like, when you're in bondage, you don't have to worry about opening up. You don't have to worry about where your lights are. That's somebody else's job because right. I can't, yeah, I can't you, move. Yeah. Like, so it's not my problem. Right. And so um, so those kinds of things were really difficult for me. And I felt like for, like, the first few scenes I'd done, people expected because of my age and because I'd done some porn, people expected me to, like, know shit that I'm like, I just don't. 
I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> but, Do you feel a lot more confident about where you put your hands now? Oh, yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot less of the, the, like, you know, Ricky Bobby sorts of moments where I'm just like, yeah. Should I put him on his thigh, sir? Yeah. Should I put them down or should I put like one up and one down? I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just shot two brand – I just shot two new girls um, mm-hmm. this week and uh, yeah, we talked a lot about hands. Yeah. Oh, really? What do you What do you say about hands? Okay. So, I mean, if you really want to know, there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, I, okay, I, so I want to know. Especially like when you're doing um, like solo stuff. So what a lot of girls will do is they'll do – like so your hands are as big as your face, right? Everybody mm-hmm. says. So you generally want to try to minimize hands. You don't mm-hmm. want them to be like a big part of the picture unless that's the intention. So usually you want to kind of keep the hands on the sides of the body. A lot of girls will like do this thing. I know. I'll have it here. here. And you just have these big like claws on your body. So you generally want to move them to the side. If you're good, And you don't want your hands like up here. One thing that you, that a lot of people do that you really need to watch is keeping your shoulders down. A lot of girls do this. You you always want to – it's like yoga. You keep your shoulders away from your ears. So um, a lot of times girls will like do some pose like this and it's like you got this chicken wing you know, going on here and then you have this shoulder up here. So I tell girls if you're going to like have your hand at your waist rather than doing – I don't know if you can really see what I'm doing. I can see what you're doing here. But if you're doing this thing, rotate your hand and bring your elbow – your elbow your thumb behind your waist so like you know like hands on the hips like Mm -hmm. anchor your hand there right and if you're going to bring your hand lower like below the hips which is generally a good part then you can kind of like lay it on your body but generally you want to try to move it to the side of your body you want to kind of minimize your hands right so people can see your body yeah but you always want like your hands and that's the thing like you always want your hands to look like they're placed somewhere intentionally. You don't ever want them like floating around, like looking like they don't know where they're going. Um, you know, like even if you're you're in a position where maybe you're on your side and your hands like, or like here, like your hands out like this. Like I usually tell girls, flip your hand around and bring it under your boob. Like give it mm-hmm. a purpose. You know what I mean? Like your hands should always be like doing, even if they're laying, doing something. Um, also too, like you don't, you generally don't want them coming straight at the camera. So if like you're laying on your side. Um, and a girl's hand is like this. I'll have her swivel her elbow so her hand's out this way or this way. Because you're shooting a two-dimensional – you're take, shooting a three-dimensional scene and you're turning mm-hmm. it into two dimensions, right? So anything coming towards the camera is going to naturally appear um, a little bit distorted and bigger. And you don't want that. So you usually want to kind of keep limbs like parallel to the camera. Um and then another big thing is like holding items of clothing or, or, you know, like holding something. So usually a lot of times girls will do this where like the back of their uh, hand is facing the camera. And like this looks like a pretty bulbous piece of flesh, right? But if you do this and you flip your wrists up like you're revving a motorcycle is what I tell right. girls. So you see how much like smaller my hand looks mm-hmm. now. And instead of seeing like this big like, you know, back of the fist, now you're seeing like – you know, the separation of my fingers. It just looks a little bit more elegant. Like the shape of the hand looks more elegant and it's become like a little bit less like bulky. And also too, when you do that, see how like it almost like force, like it almost forces my elbow out, which Mm -hmm. forces my shoulder down and creates separation between the arm and the body so that we see like the curve of the body. So like actually that could go on. Interesting. Yeah, like that, and that's just like no, a little nobody's bit. Nobody's explained any of that. No one ever that. does yeah. because people don't. I mean, I come from like the old school glamour photography school, mm-hmm. where you know we spent all day taking pictures, right? And it was all about the photos, and I wasn't trying to shoot ten thousand things in a day. 
Um, and you know, the photos were super important. So like we were really big on posing where your hands went, like bringing hair forward, like dropping, you know, I mean, I'm sure you and I will work together someday, but you'll see like, and it obviously kind of depends on my day and how much shit I got to do, but I'm usually a lot more picky about the photos and about like the body shape and like even where the hair goes than like a lot of other people are. So Interesting. A little workshop for everybody. <laughs> that, was, that was really fun and informative for me. I don't know how everyone else feels about it, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure like most people listening are just like, wow, that was really boring. <laughs> you know, it, it's weird what people don't find boring sometimes. Yeah. No, it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny because I'll never know how people will feel about certain episodes. Like, I'll have some episodes where I think like it was a great episode and it was funny and like I don't get a lot of feedback on it. And then I'll have some episodes where I feel like it was kind of like it dragged and it was sort of boring and people will love it. So it's like I just never know what people are going to like. Well, I think that's the nature of entertainment in general. I think also it's a mystery and there's actually no way to solve this mystery. And people spend a lot of time trying to solve the mystery of how they made money that one time and how they like – and why they didn't the next time they tried the same thing. And it's not just porn. Like, even with dancing, I'm like, well, I will always have made money in this outfit. And then you change your outfit and, yeah. like, or, or whatever. It's just, like, weird shit. And I'm like, I don't know why people like what they like. And yeah. I don't think anyone will ever figure it out. I so. know, right? <laughs> um, so, speaking of, you were a dancer before you got into mm-hmm. the adult industry. And you've been dancing for how many years? Fifteen. I, I mean, I, I started when I'm when I was eighteen, mm-hmm. really shortly after I turned eighteen, and um, and I'm thirty three. So yeah, that would make it fifteen years of that. And what made you decide to get into stripping? Um, I had started college. I started college when I was seventeen, and then I decided that I didn't want to live in my parents' house mm-hmm. while I was in school. So I moved into an apartment with a friend of mine, and neither of us really understood how expensive it is to actually live by yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we can afford our rent. We both have a part-time job, but we couldn't actually afford. And we could afford our rent if we didn't turn the electricity on, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, um, And I started dancing because it was... It had become winter, and I'm from Nebraska originally, and we were in this all-electric apartment in January. And so inside our apartment with our electricity turned off, it was it was down to it was under fifty degrees. This this one even. So wait, you literally like, we were freezing to death. So you're not joking when you say that you just didn't turn your electricity on, so you could. I thought yeah, we we let our electricity get turned off. I sort of like thought that was a figure of speech for some reason. But you so- literally <laughs> in the winter in Nebraska did not have electricity. Yeah, we did not have electricity in an all electric apartment. And like, and we were, we were cold. And so, and and so, um, and it was, it was just one of those things where it was the only, like there was an ad in the college newspaper that was like, you know, we're like, it was for a club and it was like, we're like fun to work at and close to school because it was, I live in, I lived in a college town Mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, I, I feel like. 
I well, I had had some rum, and I walked out into <laughs> into the living room with my clothes off and looked at my roommate, and I was like, "Do I look kind of cute naked?" And she's like, "She's like, yeah, you look cute naked." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "I was like, okay, I'm gonna go get some money." And that's and I turned the electricity on the next day, and then I just kept dancing through college. Wow! So. What was your first What was your first experience like? Uh, it was terrifying. Like it's, <laughs> it was really, really scary. Um, but it, like uh, the the first like the night that I auditioned and then actually started working because mm. almost every club I've ever been to, like you audition and then you just stay on for the evening. How does um, the audition work? Do you audition just in front of the stage? Oh film? no. No, you just get on a stage in, in front the of club, all the customers, in front of everybody, and you take your clothes off. <laughs> it's like, but I the the problem was. Wait, how do you like not pass the audition? You know, the, there like are customers throw things. They throw things at you. They're it, like, get off the stage. No, it's no. never anything like that. Um, and and always like like. As as an eighteen year old girl looking terrified, yeah. customers were like, "Here's money, yeah. that you poor thing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Maybe that's what you should have continued to do your entire career, which is play a terrified eighteen year old. Yeah, but I'm but I'm thirty three with fake tits and bleached out hair. Like I can't do terrified 18 year old anymore pigtails you'll be fine i did it for a long time like until my mid-20s i I, like (laughs) did i did pigtails and and uh and like a lot of bubblegum pink isn't it sad how like we can never wear pigtails again like i you know sometimes like i would wear it in my 20s it'd be kind of cute like kind of yeah you know especially if you but now it just looks like you're trying too hard now it just looks like you like haven't accepted the fact that like you know you're getting older like it just feels creepy like i can never wear a pigtail and no, not look like I can creepy. like when I'm cleaning, but yeah. that's it. It's like, yeah, it, it, but it has to almost be messy. Like clearly, she's just trying to get her hair out of her face, right? right. <laughs> but then, like, why would you bother like two separate pieces? Why would you do a ponytail? You know what I, I mean? Don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of. The, I just. I only just realized I can never wear pigtails again, and for some reason that just made me feel sad. Did, did you have, are you having a moment right now? Yeah, I'm having a moment. <laughs> just having like a just existential <laughs> moment where I'm like, no. Never pigtails again. I feel like you can still wear pigtails if you want. Yeah, I don't think so. You're the only person that'll think you're creepy. I don't know about that. Uh, you know what? How about I this? Know. I will be wearing pigtails tonight when my boyfriend comes home from work, and we'll see what he says. He'll probably. I don't know. Like, there's like role playing. That no, he's going to think it's okay. creepy. No. He's not into that kind of role like, playing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know your boyfriend. <laughs> he won't be into that. He's like, what the fuck's up with the pigtails? I'm going to do it tonight, guys, and I'm going to report back next week and let you know how it went. Oh, they say it's like handlebars, though, right? Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, sorry. Uh, we were talking about your dancing, and then we went oh. off on a tangent about pigtails. Oh, um. So you were terrified your first time. Oh, I was time. terrified. Well, and I didn't know what was go- – I didn't know that, like, strippers had special clothes. Like, I just thought you just wore cute underwear. Yeah. But you don't. Um, like, like you go and have special clothes and special shoes that are for stripping. So, like, me in my cute, like, lace bra and panty set, I looked ridiculous and yeah. I felt ridiculous. And, and it was, I, was, I was horrified. But I made a lot of money being ter- – for a terrified person. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't think I became comfortable with it for like, it took months before, like I wasn't constantly scared to step on stage or constantly scared to go and talk to strangers. Right. Um, 
but now I know that strippers have certain shoes because I did take a pole dancing class once, and right. those like crazy platform stripper heels that you see. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't actually realize that like the reason they're almost I guess so high is it like levels out the platform with the heel, and it's actually easier. It's it's much to, easier to like, walk than, in than a five inch heel, right? That, right. Yeah. So, and then also too that they're made out of like a certain kind of material that easily grips the pole. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't aware of that yeah. either. So plastic that was, shoes, yeah. So that was super <laughs> interesting to me. But what do you mean when you say that strippers have certain clothes? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, like uh, I mean, any any person that's been to a strip club, I mean, every once in a while you'll see women in lingerie. But you have to be really careful because most clubs don't allow any private parts to show on the floor, mm-hmm. and they're really picky about what's allowed on stage. So some places you get fully nude, some places you take your top off, some places you wear pasties, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you actually need clothes that are going to cover you. So like a lace panty is inappropriate in a strip club, even if it's a totally okay on a porn set or in your personal life, like in a strip club, you're like, you're not going to be allowed to wear it. It's obscene, which is sort of like, it's weird. It's like, that's yeah. too obscene for this titty bar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to go home. Yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but, um, so, and, and there's like, so, like, when you go into, like, an adult store, you always see, like, all of the, you know, things on hangers, and you see, like, these matching bra and panty sets that are, like, lycra and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's because those things are, they're easy to take off, they never stain, and they don't, like, slide. Mm-hmm. So, if you're wearing, like, panties that aren't, like, that like, a lace-top panty, you stick your leg behind your head, and the, the so, like, the whole panty shifts, and now, you're, now your vulva is showing. Ah, okay. So. That's interesting. So, yeah, we have special clothes. Wow. <laughs> See, this is so... And then I would imagine, too, you probably want to put together outfits that have several pieces to take off so that you can, like, spend more time getting undressed, or is that not the nah. case? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> nah. I mean, nah. I mean... I think that at some point it was like that. Like I've heard, um, I've even heard people in porn that are in there, like dudes, like men in porn that are in their fifties. And they're like, when I used to go to strip clubs, like it was like a burlesque show. And it's, it's not. Was that, was that Mike Quasar that said that? No, he's never, he's never talked about going to strip clubs. Actually. I, I can't imagine Mike Quasar in a strip club. I think it would be the last place that he would ever want to go. I know. Now it's like so. I feel like you would have to like force him to go somehow or trick him. Yeah, he's very, very <laughs> unhappy. His life is a strip club every day and he doesn't like that. Yeah, I think I, I feel like he'd be miserable. And I, I can't see him being like, oh, man, when I was going to strip clubs in my youth. <laughs> it was like a burlesque show. Um, no, but – but actually, actually, like people in that circle of men have said stuff like that, and um, and and so I, I'm kind of like, yeah, it's not. You take your top off in the first song, and you take your bottoms off in the second song, and you know you try to do it somewhat sexy. The more drunk you get, the less sexy it gets, and the more you're just like, Ugh, throw it. <laughs> <laughs> like untie it and toss it, and you know hope it lands somewhere where you can get to it later. But yeah. 
yeah, it's it's not it's we're not complicated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors, and then we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk more about uh, stripping because I have some okay. some more questions for you, and I know you have some stories, and then um, you also have some other interesting experiences in your life, and then uh, I'm, we're gonna talk about dogs too. Okay, which is <laughs> one of my favorite subjects. Mine too. All right, we'll be back. I want to talk to you guys about a new project that I'm doing. I am working on an erotic photography book, and this project means a lot to me. Now, I have a few other photography books out, but this would be the first one that would be created solely by me. I need your support in order to make this happen, which is why I've created a new Patreon. It's patreon.com slash hollyrandallart. And there you can donate to support these incredible photo shoots that I've got lined up. You will get access to exclusive photos and exclusive video that will only be available on my Patreon. It will not be on any other website of mine. You will also be able to access the private behind-the-scenes Snapchat, even get a live Q&A Skype call with us from set. This project is something that is very close to my heart, and it is my way to really create something beautiful and artistic, and I just want to fall in love with photography all over again. It's not porn, it's erotica. There's a big difference there, and I would really, really appreciate it if you guys would come check it out and support me. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallart. Thank you so much. All right, we are back. So um, we have a. I, there's still some more questions I have for you about um, your dancing. So you said that when you started, obviously it was terrifying. I think that's the way it is for everybody. Do you do you love it now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't mind like do you tour and do feature dancing? I I don't feature dance, and I don't think I ever will. Hmm. Um, and and I realize that it's like guaranteed money, but I you know I travel. Qu- I've traveled quite a bit. Uh, as a, as a dancer and worked in a lot of places. And so when I travel now, I already have regulars in the places I go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the clubs that I work at sem- semi-regularly are places that have feature dancers. And I'm like, you can't have me as a feature when I've been just like right. around right. for the last 10 years or right. whatever. Understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't really work. And I actually, I really like the hustle. And anytime feature dancing is explained to me, it it seems like you don't really get to sit down and get to know people. I was going to say, there's definitely like a disconnect mm-hmm. between the customers. It's like you're this special celebrity guest and like no one gets to talk to you. Yeah. And I like, and I actually, the thing I love the most is I like to talk to the people and I like to talk to the other dancers and I like to hang out in the dressing room and swap, you know, war stories mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. It's yeah. it's fun. And I feel like feature dancing would be so alien for me that I don't, I don't, I don't think I'd enjoy it. I could be wrong, but I yeah. don't think I'd enjoy it. So yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to have some like pretty interesting stories from eighteen, yes. from fifteen years of dancing. Yes, in I clubs. Do. Yes, I do. Um, I, you know, and most of them are okay. Like my people, people. I mean, what, what kind of what kind of stories would anybody even want to hear? Like, none of them are sexy. <laughs> no, no, I'm not looking for sexy. I am not looking for sexy. Like, none of them are girls getting down in dressing rooms no. or anything like that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, 
I think I think some of the weirdest ones are things that happen with with dancers and I would never want to paint dancers as a whole group of people that are like insecure or jealous or aggressive to each mm-hmm. other because it's a stereotype that like everyone already has in their head and most of the time we're all just really nice people and everyone actually gets along and sort of is doing the same job and dealing with the same we like we all have the same enemies like there's mm-hmm. somebody being a dick mm-hmm. and he's everyone's enemy and we can band together and hating that guy right um, but every once in a while the, like the there there's somebody that really like really uh you know decide that really lives up to the stereotype Mm -hmm. and i've had a night where i was brand new and i was working in a club in chicago Mm -hmm. and i mean i wasn't new to dancing but i was new to the club right and i so i didn't know who any of the girls are Mm -hmm. or who any of the regulars are and the lockers were really small so i only put like my purse in my locker and like my wallet and stuff and everything else was just sitting out in front of my locker like everyone else had done and then I went out and started talking to customers and I sat with a guy and he got a hour long champagne room mm-hmm. with me. And I came back after we finished the um the VIP dance and I went to my locker and one of the other girls was like, "Oh, Chelsea peed on your bag." <laughs> Like, what? Yeah. So so I'm I was like okay and I'm sitting here like was she just that drunk? Was it an accident? But it turned out that I like the guy that I had talked to and given a dance to was her regular. Oh. And so she decided that I had purposefully gone out of my way to steal her customer and so she peed in my bag. But the and you know, <laughs> while I say this wouldn't be a big deal because of out of like all of the weird shit that's just happened in life in general mm-hmm. and just existing as a person, I'm like, it wouldn't be that big of a deal if I got pee on some of my stuff. Mm-hmm. But my street clothes that I had come in in were actually in my bag as well. Oh. So I ended up driving home in, <laughs> in, 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 in my like stripper string bikini. <laughs> And platform shoes because there was and like it wasn't a little pee like it was saved drunk girl pee like it was pee all up in my stuff so that was that was that was one of the more horrible stories but a lot of my stories have to do with pee there's like a lot of pee situations really like all pee peeing in clubs well, there's – girl like, that was the only aggressive pee that's ever happened. Okay. Like, pee as a form of aggression. <laughs> um, but but I, I, I also have had customers that have asked me to, like, pee in their drinks and mm. things like that, which do is – it's illegal to do, do they that. drink it afterwards? I don't drink it. No, no, not you. Them. <laughs> them. Yes, yes. But I can't say where I've done that because it's – um. Because they would never let me go back. Right, probably. right. It's okay. We don't. We don't need to specify. <laughs> but like, but like I, I've worked in a cl- in a bar where like a guy like drank half of his drink, and he's like, "Can you pee in my drink and order me to drink it?" And I'm like, uh, "That's it's a health code violation. I can't just you know pee mm-hmm. right here." And he's like, "It's okay if you do it in the bathroom." And I was like. I do have to pee a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 
like, if it's it's in the toilet, it's in your cup, it's really all the same for me. Yeah. So, so I've done that and like gone back and been like, you're going to drink my piss now. And, and then like stood there and sternly watched him do it. Um, that kind of thing. Like there's a lot of pee that happens in strip clubs. Like there's just, I don't know why. Are girls just like soup overly hydrated? I think they're overly drunk because mm. there's like people passing out in their own puddles and that kind of stuff every wow. once in a while. Girls get overly drunk. Yeah. In certain clubs that are a little more sketchy where the management's not paying attention. Right. You know, that kind of stuff happens. I guess I could see that because, you know, you're generally working at night mm-hmm. um, and probably a lot of these girls maybe. I don't know if you're nervous or you feel like, you know, the alcohol helps you, you know, like be less inhibited on stage. I could I could see that happening. And 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 it's almost never the girl that's 21 years old. Mm. It's always like somebody that's 30. That's <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's passed out in a puddle of their own pee and i'm like you've given up that's what's happened to you you're like this may not be the job for you anymore (laughs) well and it's always terrible like there's certain clubs and places where you can have strippers but you can't serve alcohol and they get around it by having a byob Mm -hmm. and that is so dangerous i'm like you really need to because at least a bartender can cut you off. Yeah, and in an alcohol establishment, you can't bring your own booze. Like, right, you can't like, so you can't get overly drunk. And so, like, I've I've had bartenders be like, "Hey, hun, are you sure you want this? Because I don't think you do." And yeah, I'm, like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I guess not. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know you're going to tell me I can't if I disagree with you. So I'm going to pretend that we're on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but. But like when it's BYOB, then you have girls drinking in the dressing room. And I think that's when it gets when it gets ugly sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. So that's weird. That was a weird story. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. Um so moving on, after you graduated, uh you moved to Costa Rica mm-hmm. to teach English for five years. Yes. Costa Rica's beautiful. I've been there a couple yeah. of times. I've actually shot out there. Um I actually have family out there, strangely enough. Oh, Oddly enough, I know, random, right? Um, In San Jose. Okay. So my mom's second cousin moved to Costa Rica um, when she was like 18, and she met a man out there, and she married him, and then they had kids, so... Oh, yeah, that's so nice. Yeah, so I see them when I go over there, which is not as often as I would like to go, but it's such a beautiful country. So where where were you in Costa Rica? Um, I was in San Jose for like two years Mm -hmm. while I was there. Um, and then I moved out to uh, Puerto Viejo, mm-hmm. if you know, like Limon on the Caribbean coast. Okay. Okay. And what um, what was your major in, in college? I was an English major. <gasps> yeah. So was I. <laughs> so was I. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us now. Um, yeah, I graduated with a degree of uh, in world literature from oh. UCLA. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love, I love, I love books. I love, yeah. is it, what, like, is there any, like, specific kind of literature that you're into more than others? Nothing that I actually had to read in college is what I really, really love. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, the, like, it kind of depends. Like, at, at this point, I, I mostly like, um, I, I like fantasy novels and stuff. Like, I don't, I ended up with, I ended up with the degree I had mm-hmm. mostly because I had been in college and I had changed majors enough times 
that I just needed to get out. Yeah. You're like, I got to pick one and stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> like I just have to go. So I didn't love what I studied in school, mm. but, um, or what I, yeah. Yeah. But you, but you graduated. You yeah, I graduated. graduated. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know, there we go. But it was mostly, it was mostly like there, there was a point where even my academic advisor was like, you have to have, you have to have an exit strategy at this point in your life. <laughs> so, oh, okay. so, so I'm like, I'm like, well, I've, I've taken enough courses that like, this will be the fastest major for me too. Yeah. To yeah. Understood. Um, so now what was it like living in Costa Rica? I mean, that's, that's a big, and why did you make that move? Cause that's a big move. You know, I, um, I had done a whole bunch of volunteering while I was in college mm-hmm. and different countries around Latin America. And, um, was it through like a specific organization or did you just pick up on different things? I mostly, I just picked up on different things. I started with, um, an international student volunteers. It's an organization that does like, um, volunteering and then adventure tourism, but I didn't really love the adventure tourism aspect of it Mm. because I, because you, because like now I'm just getting to know other people from my own country. And I actually really liked living like I liked getting to know like a different place. And when you're a tourist, you don't very well. Yeah. And there's some, I know this sounds like so ridiculous, but for me, when I travel to other countries, there's nothing more annoying than coming across another American. Yeah. Isn't it weird? Why are you here? Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. I'm like, what are you doing here that I came here to get away from you? It's, it's jarring to hear is like, it's jarring to hear your own language. Yes. So like even because I found even in Costa Rica, I was living there for five years and it didn't matter who it was. I'd hear like, an Australian accent, be like, ah, oh, shit, I'm about to board a bus filled with Australians. There's yeah. like two Australians. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I know they're going to be loud. They're just going to take over the bus. Like you end up hating your own language for yes. whatever reason. It becomes like, Ugh. It becomes very <laughs> jarring, especially like Spanish is such a beautiful language. Yes. And we're so clunky yeah. when we talk. Yes. We sound it's it's not attract English is unattractive. Yeah. Language, yeah. It's also too I don't know if it's actually more it's an American thing but I just feel like Americans are just like loud. Yeah. I mean I know I'm loud. We're loud talkers. Yeah. And and, and Australians are loud talkers. Yeah. You know, anyone from the UK, once they've had a few drinks, they're quite loud. Yeah. I feel like it were, it's a loud language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so you were doing volunteer work all over um, different parts of and, Latin and America. I fell in love with Costa Rica, and I made friends there and, um, and had a relationship at the time mm-hmm. with somebody. So I moved there. And did you just like – like what made you come back here? Did you just love it? Uh, well, my relationship fell apart. That's mm. actually what made yeah. me come back there. It soured me yeah. <laughs> to the place a little bit. That's understandable. So, so it was, um, yeah. So I had a, uh, basically, basically my, um, my engagement was called off and, mm. and I was like, I think that I'm going to go do other things. But I, I was coming back to the United States during like every academic break and stuff. And in Costa Rica, they have a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot of breaks here and there from school. So so I would take like a week and then go dance in Chicago for a week and then or like a month at times, like around Christmas time that mm-hmm. all of the kids are off of school for like right. two months. Right. And um and and dance for that time and then go back. And so I didn't really ever make any money teaching. Like there was no way that like I could have 
Uh, there was no there, yeah. There's no way that you can like justify like doing that for money. But I, I was able to survive mostly on dancing, yeah. even when I lived there. So, um, and did you ever dance there? No, no. You know, well, I have no problem with it, but I don't escort, and prostitution's legal there, and strip clubs are basically a place to find a right an escort. So yeah. Yeah. wasn't wasn't your wasn't yeah, your not, thing it's not my jam yeah <laughs> totally understandable um so another thing that uh you talked about is that you want to open a indoor dog park yeah so tell us i'm assuming you have dogs yes yes how many dogs do you have i uh well i I had I had three until recently, and one of them, one of them, I just oh, we talked. I remember you yeah. wrote about that. Yeah, uh, that I'm so sorry. Yeah, okay. I had I don't. It's okay. We won't really go into that because I had to do yeah. that with my dog, and it was the worst experience of it, my life. It, it was it was it was really terrible. But yeah. um, but and I ha- but I've always had high energy dogs. So mm-hmm. like I get like I border collies and Weimaraners is basically what yeah. I end up with. And I don't know why I'm not, I don't even seek them out exactly. I just like, I'm like, oh, this is what happens. Um, yeah. And, and I, you know, I lived like insects is up in Washington. So mm-hmm. when I was up there, it, it rains all the time or it's cold, like and it's winter. And, or I, when I was living in Chicago, like it's like, it's winter and you can't have, you can't do anything with your pets. Mm-hmm. And so. I, and and just like even when I was there, if they I was like if they just had like you know when they have the gym and they have the upstairs track, mm-hmm. and then down beneath they have like I don't know I don't I haven't been to a gym for a minute. Um, <laughs> they have like basketball hoops and stuff like mm-hmm. at certain at certain gyms. And I was like, what if you just replace that with grass? Yeah. And then you would have like a walking track, so uh-huh. you could walk your dog if uh-huh. you're a structured person, like right. I kind of am, because I'm not that playful. And I'm like, oh, let's like my dogs are like, let's do something. And I'm like, would you like a nice structured walk? Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> <laughs> you don't take them to the dog park ever. I do, um, but uh, well, one one of them, one of my dogs is really only interested in other like the other dogs that she knows Mm -hmm. so like my pack of dogs yes is okay but all other dogs she's just she's not mean she just just like ignores them Mm -hmm. and they come running up on her and she's like oh yeah yeah (laughs) and 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 then the other one just wants to play ball Mm -hmm. so like she just wants you to throw the ball and so she ignores every other dog because she's obsessed with tennis balls so right the dog park is sort of a stupid place for us to go because yeah. nobody cares <laughs> <laughs> when i used to take my dog bonnie to the dog park she'd spend the entire time circling the fence trying to find a way to get out <laughs> yeah it's like it's, sometimes I love the dog park and mine are i, I it's like i have introverted dogs and yeah they're like they're like eh. Yeah. I don't need to make friends, though. Yeah. I have friends. I have two friends. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's understandable. Um, I mean, that definitely sounds like something that – so they don't really exist. They do. There's some indoor dog parks now. There are. They're not, they're not super common, and they're not in, like, Portland mm-hmm. or um, – but, I, you know, I don't know. I've heard of this. But I don't think they're super common. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the industry for pets is definitely growing because, you know. spend more money on pets than they ever have. Yes. Like, and yeah. people, because people are also having more, especially more successful people are having less children. Less, yep. 
So and even for me, I'm like, I spent a my dogs eat better than I do. Like all of them <laughs> eating garbage, and I'm like, but they need this like insanely expensive diet so that they can live forever or whatever yeah. it is in my head. I don't even know. Yeah. Because I think they'd just be they'd be just as happy eating Alpo or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. My dogs are kind of picky. They don't really like the shitty cheap food. They just like look at it. One of my dogs is a Costa Rican street dog. You could feed her tin cans probably. And she'd be fine. <laughs> like, That's so sweet. She's a, she's like a collie mix. Yeah. But she's that was one of the hardest things for me about going to Costa Rica or other countries like that was all the stray animals. Like that always yeah. like bums me out yeah, like I big really, time. It's a real bummer. And and it's hard for me. It's um there's a difference. And people don't spay or neuter their pets. No. And they actually like often in a lot of Latin American countries they they don't want to neuter because they believe it's like um you know demasculinizing their dog yeah like their dog gives a fucking shit i know people here like that and it's always it's not always but it's usually men and i just want to be like do you feel like your dog is like some narcissistic extension of yourself yeah because it's not right like him not having balls he's not gonna know he's not really self-aware enough to be like oh boy once i had testicles and now i don't yeah so like it's you. You're the only one that cares about this. Yeah. And, and Isn't it actually better for dogs if they're neutered? Don't they, they like they live longer, right? So yeah. I feel like what's the Yeah. They live a bit longer. They're less likely to get certain cancers. And, right. Right. And they're less likely to develop aggression problems and, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like how here when you rescue a dog, how they automatically give it to you. Like you have to pay for it to get neutered or spayed. Like you don't get to get yeah, a dog. Yeah, it's part of the contract. They either give yeah. it to you fixed or right. you are required to do it yourself. Do you only rescue dogs? Yeah, I've never I've never purchased a dog. Yeah, I, me either. Yeah. It's kind of hard for me sometimes to like hold my tongue when I see people buy dogs. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you don't want to, you know, it's I find myself holding my tongue a lot though cuz I don't well, especially now cuz I used to be more like loudly judgmental and mm. now I'm like I don't want to lose work. Yeah. <laughs> like... I know what you mean. Yeah, there's definitely times when um I yeah. And I'm just like, you went and spent like all this money on that dog that's totally inbred. Yeah. And it's going to have all these health complications when there's like so many amazing dogs out there that like are going to die today because you decided that you wanted to purchase some like fancy fucking breed dog. And if dog. you want a breed dog, like, like my, I mean, one of, one of my dogs was a Weimaraner, and she was a purebred Weimaraner. You can't mm-hmm. – I mean, you can't fake that dog. Yeah. Breed. It's a really distinctive appearing dog. And I got her from a shelter. Yeah. You can find they a have dog in a shelter. specific shelters for different breeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, and, or even the humane – I mean, there's certain breeds that just end up in shelters like Weimaraners do because they're – because. Because they're neurotic and destructive yeah. and, and stuff. But like – Because people get dogs that they think are like oh, pretty, so pretty and then they don't realize how like how much exercise they need and, and how much work they need. Someone like me where somebody's like, oh my gosh. Like so would you recommend a Weimaraner? Like I used to walk her around. Yeah. People be like, oh, she's so beautiful. Would you recommend that breed of dog? And I'm like, no, don't get one of these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do you – you have Netflix? Yeah. Have you seen that show Six, Pip- Six Puppies in Us? 
No. So there's a show called Six Puppies and Us, which I thought I was going to love because I was like, fucking, it's a show about puppies. This is going to be the best show yeah. ever. It was the most infuriating show oh. I've ever seen because they showed six different families adopting dogs and almost all of them were completely incapable of taking <laughs> care of these dogs and um, like were just so irresponsible. <clears throat> Sorry, I went down the wrong pipe. It's okay. <laughs> we're like so irresponsible and um, and I, I wanted to like like rip my fucking hair out. You know, and I remember mm-hmm. one of them was talking about like returning the dog and she was like, this dog isn't right for us. And I'm like, you're giving it zero training. You're letting it get away with so much bad behavior. You're ignoring it. You're not giving it exercise. Like... And some dogs. What are, the fuck is wrong with you? And some dogs are more difficult than others. Absolutely, but it's still your own fault because you yeah. still got an animal without researching what it was. Right. And so, like, so, like, for me, like, with a Weimaraner, I ended up with a. I was volunteering at the Humane Society in Nebraska when mm-hmm. I got her, and I just like, I just kind of fell in love, and I ended up with her, and. But I knew what I was getting into. I was like, this is the this animal is going to destroy my house if I'm yeah. not careful. Yeah. And even if I am careful, she still might destroy my house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's just something that you've agreed to. And, yes. You know, I you know, yeah. ended up with an eight-month-old rhymer on her that proceeded to destroy my house for a few years. Um, but – but I think that's the the problem that people have is they don't they they want something that's cute or they want something that's pretty or they want something that like somehow it's like your a dog is like a car and it increases your social status mm-hmm. having this attractive thing and it's not fair yeah to the animal at all like, yeah and 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 especially like then it's it's just gonna end up back in the shelter right. Yeah. I I mean I've definitely had some difficult dogs um in my time and my I have two dogs now and one of them Bonnie the one I mentioned earlier who's always trying to get out of the dog park. Um she's like the perfect angel dog. Like she's so chill. She's so lazy. She doesn't really, you know, she never barks. She loves everybody. She's really gentle. But my other dog, my pitbull German shepherd, Khaleesi can be can be difficult. That's and I have to Energetic. That sounds like an explosive. She's actually not necessarily energetic. Okay. If anything, she's a little bit on the lazier side, but she can have some aggression problems. So oh. that's where I have to be careful. She can be aggressive with other dogs that she doesn't know, so I can't take her to the dog park. Um, and I I had to send her to training camp for like two weeks um, because she was – you know I could see – when I got her as a puppy, um, I – I was aware, you know, of her breed. And so I, I watched her very closely to see if she developed any kind of like aggressive bad habits. (laughs) And when I saw her showing signs of that, I immediately put her into training and it made, it made a big difference. Um, but I still, you know, I have to be careful with her. Like, Mm -hmm. um, she's great with people that she knows. Like if she knows you, she's super chill. She's so lovable. But like, if she doesn't know you, she, she can be a little bit like, you know, so people um, come over. but yeah, you know, when people come over that she doesn't know, I have to put her in her crate and I have to introduce her mm-hmm. to people in a certain way. But, you know, it's just like one of those things that I've just kind of accepted. And, um, you know, I just make sure that I don't put her in such as my trainer said, I don't set her up to fail. I don't put her in situations where like we might have a problem. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just like and I and I recognize sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, why can't I just have an easy dog? But then I recognize like, you know what? I'm 
in a position where I can manage this dog that can be difficult. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas somebody else might just return her to the shelter and she'd be euthanized. Like I have the means to manage this dog and I can take care of her and give her a good right. life. So I try to look at it that way. <clears throat> right. Well, and like that's kind of how – because I've danced and stuff and and everything. And it's always been that way for me too where I'm like – so like I would get a dog from the shelter or whatever and I just don't like – I just don't work for a few days and mm-hmm. I spend a bunch of time with my dog and then I have short nights and I like adjust my schedule to make yeah. sure that I can take care. Of, and that's like a privilege that, you know, I, I felt like I had when it comes to that. But I, still like it's like if you can't do those kinds of things or if you can't figure out a way to like meet an animal's needs, you just shouldn't get it. Right. Yeah. Totally. Right. I understand. Yeah. I'm grouchy about that. I get, I get really judgmental. Uh, Yeah. It's (laughs) it's hard. It's hard. Cause like dogs, especially like I have a really like close, like connection to Mm -hmm. them. And, um, it's, uh, I get really emotional about dogs. Like I can't like see, like if a dog dies in a movie, I can't watch, I won't watch it. Like it's just very upsetting. There was somebody who actually like, I guess their dog passed away and it wasn't you. And they posted pictures of their dog passed away on social media no. and and I lost it. That was recent too, yes. right? Yeah. Do you did you have the same reaction I did? Yep. Yeah, I was really upset. <laughs> I was like, like I was like, oh God, I yeah. yeah. I was like, I wish I hadn't seen that. And I like got all upset and like my boyfriend had to like calm me down. I was like yeah. re- like it really got me. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like I wonder why we have this kind of like such a deep connection to these animals as opposed to other animals. You know what I mean? And and why we feel – why we – why like seeing a dog in pain affects us so much more than a human. Well <clears> – sorry. You're I okay. could talk about this. You want to hear yeah. about this? There's, yeah, they, I do. They've done research on this. Um Well, like, you know that, like, um, dogs have been domesticated. Archaeological evidence shows that dogs have been domesticated for over 10,000 years, which is longer than any other animal. Yes. Mitochondrial DNA um, that has actually shown that there was a a genetic change from, like, the wolf to, like, from, like, the, you know, wild wolf to the wolf that was around people up to 100,000 years ago. Right. So when you kind of think of it that way like it wasn't like people domesticated dogs they don't even think that happened they were kind of like dogs or wolves sort of found that by following people or being around people they did better and because of our behavior aggression and stuff ended up cold out of them like Mm -hmm. and you know it was a natural selection sort of thing so in a way they evolved to accommodate us Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like, we can't really separate ourselves from that evolution because we actually evolved to accommodate them mm-hmm. because we benefit in huge ways from dogs. Like, there's – um, there's – there's I was, I was watching this documentary and they had um, these, like, uh, archaeologists talking about how dogs actually help lead to agriculture mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And so civilization itself is partly built on – our relationship with canines. Mm-hmm. So, of course, of course, we love them more than other animals because we're yeah. actually evolved to take care of them. Yeah. So when they cry, we hear it and we have a similar reaction to like when a baby cries and we're mm-hmm. like, oh, I better fix whatever's happening because right. you're upset. But yeah, I think that we're we're just as domesticated or like by them or it's like we have a symbiosis with them. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, there's a lot of really fascinating documentaries about mm-hmm. our relationships with yeah. dogs. You know, about how dogs, as opposed to like, um, you know, wolves, uh, like they will follow our our glances, yeah, the pointing, the pointing, and, and mm-hmm. also too, they will look at things that they want you. Like there's like eye movements, and they can read like facial expressions, and, mm-hmm. and they look to us for help. And wolves are yes. like eh, solve their problems themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah go fuck yourself. <laughs> because because they've never needed us you know? right they, they find their relationship without like with nature without human beings to be perfectly acceptable yeah <laughs> that's okay <laughs> it's kind of um yeah it's but like i think that when when people kind of talk about domestication of plants or animals we always want to separate ourselves from the process mm-hmm. but really i mean with any other species when you see these behaviors in nature, because we we've benefited from dogs for a long time. Right, like they've helped us hunt. They help. They've protected us. They've done all kinds of things for us. Like we still have working dogs. Yeah, and we don't. When we see those kinds of relationships in nature where everyone's benefiting, we call it symbiosis. Mm. And with humans, we just call it domestication. Mm, but I think that it's. But we we take care of our relationships with them because it's so important to our own survival. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm <laughs> no. I, I'm an English major. Yeah, so clearly you're right about everything. <laughs> I'm I'm good at sounding like I know what I'm talking about when I don't. So there we That's go. That's all that matters. <laughs> so I want to bring it back to porn. Okay, because oh, I guess yes. no, it was my <laughs> idea a, to talk about dogs. A porn podcast. <laughs> I know. I had Maddie O'Reilly, and we did the same thing. We just ended up talking about dogs for like half the podcast. Whatever. I'm I know. Sorry. Anytime, anytime I'm around Maddie O'Reilly, it's like it becomes just yeah dogs it's, yeah it's just whatever we love mm-hmm. dogs it's okay <laughs> <laughs> um so what are your favorite kinds of scenes to shoot like solo girl 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 boy girl gangbang anal like you have a favorite uh um i have a few favorites i love a gangbang you love um, a good old gangbang? I'm like, who doesn't like a gangbang? <laughs> I love a gangbang. Um, and I – like a gangbang or I, – I actually – I still really like rough, rougher things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it sucks in some ways because I like really like rough sex scenes, mm-hmm. which is usually – when usually it's like – usually it's like Evil Angel or like you're doing yeah. gonzo stuff. Yeah. But I also really like acting. Mm-hmm. But like when I'm doing an acting role – I am, you know, hitting on my stepson or daughter. Yeah. And then we have romantic sex. And I'm like, I wish that I could, like, do an acting role that turned into, like, a rough sex scene. And it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that would be a dream come true. But, yeah, I like, if we were just talking about sex scenes in general, I'm like, I love a gangbang. That's, that's actually true, what you're saying about that. Because I think about, like, you know, when I shoot for Wicked, which is obviously a lot of acting, like, the sex is – Definitely not rough. Mm-hmm. They don't want that at all. I think the idea is that the people who consume feature movies with yeah. the acting are like couples or women and they don't want to see rough sex and people who, you know, watch rough sex don't want a storyline. They want to get right to the point. Well, and as a female that has consumed porn, but I, 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 you know, and I don't speak for a large group of people, so it actually doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. But I've always like I like a I like a storyline and watching rough sex. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the only one, then that you know that doesn't sell because I don't buy porn at this point in my life. So you know, yeah, yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> I'm the same way. I actually, if I'm going to watch porn, I like something that's definitely 
edgier is a good way to put it. But I do want some kind of story. I want like some reason behind yeah, what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like I need because I think you know, and, and women are a little bit more cerebral about that kind of stuff. Men can be just visually turned on. Like we need like motivation. Yeah, um, that's what interests us. But unfortunately, and and I think a lot of this probably has to do with. Um, you know, stigma against uh, watching porn. But, you know, just in general, the market for, you know, women watching and buying porn is just not that big compared to the market of men. It's just not. And that, I mean, that makes sense. I don't think that even even if I've like I've I like have bought like I think two DVDs in my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I've never been anybody's target audience for porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody has ever been like, well, you know what? I think we should survey people that might buy two DVDs in their entire lives yeah. and uh, see what they want to, to watch. Do you find that you like to – can you – because for me, I mean, I can't watch porn. Like, no. Anymore. Like it's so not interesting to me. And do, are it's, you the same? Like you just – I don't watch porn. I don't, yeah. I don't watch porn. And, uh, you know, I, I – well – I say that every once in a while I'll watch animated shit. I do too. <laughs> yes. You know why? Okay. It's probably the same for I'm you. I'm not going to see anyone I know. That- same. <laughs> exactly. I can't objectify you if I know you on a personal level and yeah. therefore I can't masturbate to you. Yeah. And also yeah. too, like the anime porn, like it's so far removed from what I'm used to seeing all the time uh-huh. that that is more interesting and to some me. Some of them have like the most complicated storylines. Yeah. Like where you sit there and you're watching this like movie for a half hour and then they finally start to get into some sort of flirtation and I'm like oh my god it's gonna happen I've like I've committed to this this has become my day (laughs) and And you can get away with so much more in anime than you can like Like, all now like you can you can and I don't really like incest but I think they can get away with like full-on actual incest yeah I can get away with weird monsters and yeah. Like pretty much rape scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All kinds of stuff that you abs- – I mean even um, – there's a new show on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. But it's uh, – they call it – they rate it for adults only even though it's open to everybody that's not behind any kind of like age-restrictive wall where it's anime. But I think there's um, – I think there's like sex in it. But because it's anime, it's like okay. Are you tar- – there's, there's a sh- comedy show that like – um, John Mulaney is the voice of somebody in it, and it's called Big Mouth. No, it's not that. Okay, because I'm like, I know what you're talking about. I've seen that. with a lot of shit, and yeah. like everyone's underage. And I was watching it, and I'm like, I actually love it. Yeah, because I'm like, puberty does suck that much. It it's really true. Does. Like it yeah. takes me back, and I'm like, oh man. I think every once in a while, I'm like, I think life is hard right now. Yeah. And then I'm like, eh, at least I'm not going through puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Um, no, I think it might be called Sex and robots okay i think it's i haven't watched it yet but i just know i just noticed that it just came up on netflix like on my you know new and noteworthy or whatever um and it says on there like for adults only and i've heard that there's like sex or sexual content in it that wouldn't normally like be on Mm. netflix but because it's cartoons it's you get away with it i don't know now now i'll have to look it up just because I'm curious. Yeah. 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 I've seen – then there's billboards for it like around town. Um, but back to the gangbang. Oh. So <laughs> – sorry. We don't have another Cartoons. tangent. Yeah. Um, what, what is it that you love about gangbangs? I think I think with gangbangs, I think they're easy. Like mm. like other than – like they're physically I think sort of difficult. Some, mm-hmm. some – but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and I think that they're more difficult for the male talent that's mm-hmm. involved than they are for me. But yeah, like, there's so many like other dudes. You know, there's a lot of dudes. There's, a lot, there's of, a lot of dick around. A lot of dick. There's a lot of dick. It's real close up, and yeah. I get I get that for, <laughs> for yeah. dudes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like I'm like, ooh, this is intimate for you too, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, sorry. I just made gangbangs less hot for everyone listening to this. <laughs> but, but um, they're easy. Like, and it's, and I like to be the center of attention. And it, and, and I, you know, when I've done gangbangs and I've done gangbangs for like kink and stuff, and then I've done, I've done a, a few for some other companies now too. It almost becomes like the dudes will like, they're not competitive with each other, but everyone wants to make sure that they get their turn to get you off. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, everyone is here to get me off. Yeah. Like, they're all there to serve like, you. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, yes, service me. Yes. <laughs> See, I like it how you look at it that way because I think you know that the general public who doesn't really understand porn would look at it at the opposite way as you're there just for their pleasure and you're just, you know, like you're right. you're just you're servicing them. They're taking out their, but their well, I aggression. Do my best to service them, but for the, like, <laughs> like, like I do my best to get my hands and stuff involved, but it's like I have. I, I also don't have that much control of what's going on. Right. Because there's so many people that like and there's so much maneuvering and it really becomes up to them. Yes. To to like make shit shootable. Yeah. Um and and so it's relaxing in that way. Yeah. Where I'm like I'm because because I can't see. I can't see the light or where the camera is or anything because I've just got a dick like right in my eyes and, <laughs> and, I, and I have no like I'm like I and I have no sense of direction anymore. So I'm like everyone has to take care of me. Right. And everyone also like and uh, like and like men, at least men in porn, I think men in general Men like to get women off, and so everyone's there, and I come a lot, so everyone's there. There is like, oh, she comes a lot. I'd like to make her come. Like, I'd also like to make her come. And I'm like, yes, everyone can make me come. (laughs) Everyone gets a turn. (laughs) You're so generous. I know. <laughs> well, they they're gonna get off too. I mean, yes. you know. <laughs> well, we hope so. We hope so. And, I mean, there's always there's always a chance, but there's always the lagger. <laughs> there's always like the one guy that you know like can't like come at the same time as everybody else. Yeah, right. But so that's like, like what editing is for, right? No, but then like I always feel bad for you as the performer because it depends on like yeah. you know usually when it's great guys you're fine, but every once in a while. You get like, you know, four of the dudes come on you and the fifth guy who's been struggling the whole time just can't come and you're sitting there and you've got cum all over your face and he's there and he's sweating and he's desperately trying to come and like all the other guys are done and they're like, come on, dude, when are you going to be finished? The other guys, will like, like, guys will like start going to the shower and stuff. That's yeah. where I get mad. I'm like, somebody better be out of the shower by the time this man jizzes on my face. Right. But I mean, <laughs> can you imagine like the pressure that that guy feels yeah. knowing that like he's the last? I feel much worse for him because I feel like for me, there's always one person that takes a little longer and I always, 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 I feel worse for them than I do for me because at that point I've had like 20 orgasms. I'm just come drunk and sitting on the floor and I don't, I don't. Whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just like, just give it to me. Yeah. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. I don't care. Yeah. But sometimes. <laughs> but I feel bad for them because I'm like. Yeah, because then you know they get into that mind fuck too. They're like, oh, everybody else is done. Yeah, now yeah. it's all on me. Then suddenly the pressure is all on this one person. Yeah, like you better ma- make the jizz now. Yeah. 
Like, come on, we're paying for this location by the hour. Yeah, I can't imagine what that feels like. Um, but it probably isn't amazing. No, no. Guys, they have a, diff- they have a hard job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not easy for them. Yeah. You got to give props to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think in a lot of ways it's harder for them. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of dudes that'll like contact me and be like, I wish I was in porn. And I'm like, you, but you probably don't. No, I have no <laughs> idea what it takes. Yeah. God, I feel like I have this conversation all the time. It's just like, you know, you just, you don't, it's not as glamorous as it sounds and it can be a lot of fun, but it can also be really, really difficult. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's very physically taxing mm-hmm. and it takes like a certain like mental, you know, ability to focus. And, you know, people think like Viagra these days, anyone can do it. And that's, that's really not true because the Viagra will like help you keep it there. But like, if you can't get there in the first place and then also too, like the cum shot, like we were just talking about, that's not going to make Viagra is not going to make your cum shot happen. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And, and I, and it will, and it gets so hot. Because, I, like, in the summer, like, oh. last summer, I noticed, like, nobody could come last summer. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so horribly hot. And, yeah. and, like, I hadn't really, like, that was my first summer in L.A. And I was like, it is ridiculously hot. And, you like, you see these people and they're just, you know, watching a man just, like, become aggressively, like, yeah. aggressive with his dick yeah. and sweating. And I'm just like, there is nothing about this that doesn't make me feel bad bad for you yeah and i don't even think the orgasm is gonna feel good at that point it's just gonna be like something that you finally accomplished (laughs) you know and the thing is too is like we have to turn off the air you know even if you're shooting Mm -hmm. in an air-conditioned house because of the sound you have to turn off the air conditioning so it's like it doesn't matter and then it just gets so hot so fast 104 degrees outside it gets to be like 85 degrees in the house really quickly and Mm -hmm. everyone's doing something physical yes and people are sharing body heat and and again, for me, I'm like, I'm hot and uncomfortable, but I don't have to have a hard dick. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's funny. So you know, good on them. <laughs> I know. It's been kind of, it's been cold lately, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I think all of us have been like wanting our, you know, typical LA weather back. But it, for some reason, it was really hot day before yesterday. Yeah. I, I worked that day. Yeah, I did too. And I decided to shoot outside by the pool because I was like, oh, it's nice today. We can shoot out by the pool. And it got like really fucking hot. And I, I suddenly was reminded of how shitty it is to shoot in the summer in LA and I yeah. just suddenly dreaded the summer coming I was like oh fuck yeah the summer it's it's like it's it's well it gets dangerously hot in LA yeah and then yeah and then when you're shooting it's just I don't yeah well and then and then you're ending up with like makeup and stuff like your makeup doesn't last through pretty girls yeah so you've taken pictures and then it's like oh you better fix everything that has just happened to you yes. because, and and that kind of thing it's, and, and, then, and I'm a sweaty person anyway as you can tell <laughs> and, so, and so it's like for me I'm like I'm like there's nothing it's not I'm not my most attractive in the summer that's for sure <laughs> put me poolside and take pictures and I'm like you like that sweat stash you like that do you like that <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> Anyways, on that note, on that, yeah, that was, London. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. It was great. <laughs> you were awesome. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's London Sea River, and I just started a new Instagram, which is just London River. 
Did you get deleted before? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, you know. How, wait, your Instagram is London River? Just London yeah, River? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you get that name? I have no idea. That wasn't, how was that not taken? Oh, no, there's an X. There's was, a London River and then an X at the end. Thank oh, you for reminding me of say, that. I'm I like, thought it was just that. There's no fucking way there's that a, handle yeah. was available. No, there's just, there's an X at the end. London okay. River X on Instagram. Okay. And but, London Sea River on Twitter. Yes. And then do you have an OnlyFans? I have an OnlyFans. Um, You can go to my Twitter and find my OnlyFans or whatever, but it's... um, It's probably London Sea River, right? Yeah, it's exactly the same as my Twitter handle. So you should be able to find me with that. I'm like sitting here, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the same as my Twitter handle. <laughs> just go to her Twitter and you'll be able to go find to my it. Twitter. You'll find it. That's that's that was a very weird moment. Like, I don't know. I don't know what my OnlyFans is. <laughs> and as always, you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't forget to check out my new website, Holly Randall Unfiltered, where you can find even more about this podcast. And don't forget to support me through Patreon, patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you next week. I want to thank my guests for coming by and chatting with us today. And a big thanks to you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us more than you know. And if you're interested in behind-the-scenes access to the show, special bonus content, live streams of us taping the podcast and more, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. You can even submit your own questions or get an autographed photo from one of our guests. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.